All right, what's going on, ladies and gentlemen? We got Robert Sykes, Keto Savage, and David Korsunski here. He is the founder of Heads Up Health, which I'm really excited to talk about. Um, if you're into data, this is definitely going to be the podcast for you. How you doing, David? Wonderful. Thanks for having me, Robert. Absolutely, man. So give... Get the audience some just some basic background on you. Like, what what got you into the keto scene in the first place? Sure. Well, I'd I'd always been interested in in health measurement as a way to improve my performance. And like a lot of people, I I grew up eating the standard American diet, which meant I had a lot of excess body fat, and I just was not educated on how to eat properly. Uh, like many people, you you just don't get this information in school, and mm -hmm. so. I'd experimented with, with paleo for quite some time and, and had moderate success. And then I started working on Heads Up Health because I really wanted to give people a way to easily measure their progress. And I had never heard of keto at that time. I knew that data was important regardless. But some of the first users on my system were logging in like 10 times a day. And, you know, when you're starting out, you're so excited that somebody likes your widget. Yeah. So I, you know, these guys, I'm like, dude, what are you doing in there? And he's like, well, I'm on keto. I got my fitness pal connected. I'm tracking my blood sugar. I'm tracking my weight. This guy was a, was a bodybuilder. And he said, I'm, I'm tracking my ketones. And I'm like, okay, that's awesome. I don't know what the heck you're talking about, but I'm just glad that my product is helpful for you. And so fast forward a couple weeks later, I'm like, oh man, maybe I should look more into this keto stuff. Never even heard of it before. And I, I said, let me give it a try. And so I went out and, and I ordered the ketone meter and I, I calculated my macros and it was pretty hard, harder than I thought to get those numbers to come on the meter, definitely. But I felt great, started losing weight, and then just found that this was a great home for the product that I built, the app. So now it's my lifestyle. And two years later, it's, it's, it's my lifestyle and it's something I'm really passionate about. Yeah, absolutely, man. That's, that's so. You've been doing it for two years now in total. Yeah, two years now. I've I've made every mistake in the book, yeah. <laughs> like a lot of us. Yeah, absolutely. You, know, you, you 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 make some progress, and you realize the things that that you probably did wrong, and then and then you try again. And it's like any skill. It's like learning to play the guitar. Mm -hmm. You just just keep learning, and you keep learning, and you keep learning. So that's been my experience with it. Each time I, I make another really concentrated, intense push i get a little smarter and get educated and so it's it's been a process absolutely and yeah i think with the keto community especially um anybody kind of performance driven or just trying to improve on their health i think personally like tracking those those data metrics is key because i mean it's hard to know where you need to go if you can't know where you've been so to speak and i think uh you know manipulating the variables and controlling as many variables as, as possible is key um so like Talk about what it is that you've built with Heads Up Health. Well, I think anyone who's really serious about measurement is probably using some kind of spreadsheet mm -hmm. because you've got all this information. You're tracking weight. You're tracking body fat. You may be getting DEXA scans done. Like yourself and Danny, you're experimenting with different macronutrient proportions. So there's that information. There, there's blood sugar readings. There's ketone readings. There's information on, on the quality of our sleep huge impacts on our ability to perform. And then you have the information you get from the doctor, which is the cholesterol readings and the 
inflammation markers and the testosterone readings and the growth hormone numbers and the thyroid numbers. So what I realized is that information actually needs to live in the same system. The way it works today is your doctor's got some of it and you have some of it. And I said, well, we need to get all this information in one place because I want to see how my lifestyle choices affect the testosterone number or the thyroid markers. So that's what we did. We made a system where you could easily pull in your medical records electronically. You don't have to deal with paper or PDF. And also integrate all the data you're collecting at home. So you have one big feedback loop to see how my lifestyle choices, ketogenic eating plan, sleep quality, exercise plan, are affecting my the, the entire picture of my health. So honestly, Robert, it's just a massive glorified spreadsheet online <laughs> that, yeah. that indicates information, but it's much more powerful. I can log in and, and plot my weight readings from, from the first day I started keto 18 months ago and look at that trend line. That that's helpful. So that that's that's what we created. And it's cool because, like like you were saying, it 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 syncs up automatically with several several of these platforms that are out there currently. Um, so like you can you can get your diagnostics done at a, at a test center, and then just pull that medical record through API into the system, and then plot that with other metrics that you're putting in manually. That's correct. Yeah, like Quest Diagnostics, which which a lot of people who are self-directed with their health they'll, they'll get their labs from quest mm -hmm. or there's over 10,000 medical facilities in our system that you can connect so even people in different parts of the country just like you'd log into your online bank um you can you can connect that data to heads up and even multiple facilities if you've moved or you've changed doctors a lot of people in in the in the world that we're in they, they buy and run their own lab tests. There's 10 different websites out there, WellnessFX, InsideTracker, RequestTotest.com, PrivateMD Labs. You can just go order these tests. They're not that expensive, and a lot of people run it themselves. Mm -hmm. So having all that information in one place. I think that was the email dialogue you and I were having late last night, which is you know, how, do you, how do you get all those lab tests in one place? Right. So that's a big part of what we do. Yeah, and it's a... Uh... Just out of curiosity, does it sync up with? Because I've done that twenty-three and Me genetic test. Is there? I haven't even played around on there that much. But is there any way to sync that data up? They don't really give us useful data through their API yeah. yet. More, more interesting is some of the services that you can feed your twenty-three and Me data in, and they'll analyze all the SNPs for you, like the MTHFR stuff. We'd like to do that in Heads Up at some point, but it's just not not high on our priority list. There's other services out there that you can pump the raw 23andMe data into, and they'll tell you. They'll do an analysis for you. The names are escaping me now. Genetic Genie, I think, is one of them. You might know some others. No, no, I'd, but, I'd like to, to do that, though, because I'm, I'm, I got all the data back, but I'm clueless as to what it means. Yeah, like I think Genetic Genie is one I used a few years ago where you basically – it's free and it'll it'll ask you for permission and your, your 23andMe username and password mm -hmm. and it suck out all the raw data and it'll run a much more in-depth analysis to tell you what some of the mutations are that um, you won't see immediately in 23andMe. And some of them are even starting to optimize it now for like low carb and keto. There's a couple other good ones out there, but the names are escaping me. I think you and I can figure it out after and, and post those notes. Yeah, for sure. That, that'd be something worth doing. Um, so one cool thing about, and I've only been using your program for about a week now, but I've plugged in my macros, my glucose, my ketones, uh, now my medical records, my triglyceride and lipid panel. Um, 
And and one cool thing that that you have in place is that people can sync up like my fitness pal data, for instance, which is probably the most popular macro tracker that I'm aware of. Um, and it syncs up all your macronutrients that can be trended over time and then correlated with, you know, how your macros are impacting your weigh ins or even your measurements, which you can enter manually. Absolutely. Being able to see how though that nutrition information affects everything from fasting blood sugar to body fat to weight. That's all all stuff that we want to help people connect. So you can sync up MyFitnessPal. At your request, Robert, I went and reached back out to the to the team over at MyMacros, mm-hmm. and we started on that integration. So you're not going to have to do that manually anymore. That's awesome. Uh, I was actually going to email him to recommend he get in touch with you again. So I think you should. And 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 Jason, if you're listening, we we got a we got Robert here who's pushing for this partnership as well. But but he's he's given us uh, access to the API, so we can finish that integration and we can work with with him and his team. And and he's going to help us build some things that we can't get from MyFitnessPal. So it's going to be an even better integration than we have with MyFitnessPal. I'm really really excited about that because I've always used my macros plus. I mean I, I've. I've, I track everything because I do a lot of n equals one experiments. So, in my opinion, you know, my, I think Jason was like a previous, previously a bodybuilder, so he built that that software kind of, you know, in tune with how you know performance athletes would would track their macros. So it works well for what I'm trying to do. So having that integrated with with Heads Up Health is going to make my life significantly easier. Give us a couple weeks. We'll have that ready for you. It's uh, awesome. we're, we're excited about that, and and I asked him. I said, "Hey, hey, Jason, there's there's some things we can't get from these other app nutrition trackers. Can can you help us build them?" And he said, "Yes." So we're going to have a really great partnership with those guys. Really, really excited about that. What uh, what other? I mean, just kind of speaking from your experience, what are some other like good like biohacking metrics to to take into account? I know a lot of people are using the Aura Ring or like the you know the Fitbit. What what would you recommend for, for people that really want to kind of have a pulse on how their body is responding? Well, I think the most important thing is a glucometer. And if you don't have that, that's that. I'll, I'll list them out in, in my personal order of preference. One is, is glucometer. And I check my fasting sugar every morning. That basically is like my report card from how I did the day before. And, and you know, if, if you kept your macros in check and you had some good exercise, I know exactly where that number should be. And I also like to test after different meals. I think you and I were talking about this, the mm-hmm. Vietnamese spa. And uh, was it with you I was talking about that? Yeah, On the yeah. Phone? It was, yeah. So I'll test different meals when I go to the restaurants and when I cook stuff at home. And just understand before one hour, two hour, three hours, and just learn those curves. If I go out and I'm traveling and I, I, I like to have some go-to meals like in and out, we'll get the, the protein burgers with lettuce wraps. Mm-hmm. Still a lot of protein, so I want to check my glucose during those meals. So that's the most important for me. The second most important is sleep. And um, I've used a Fitbit to track sleep. It's good. You'll, you'll get pretty close, and you'll get in the ballpark, and that's good. And the new Fitbits now have heart rate monitors, so they'll give you a breakdown of like uh, light sleep, REM sleep, deep sleep, and time awake. So that's also helpful. The Aura Ring is just totally badass. It's yeah. two x the price. Don't get me wrong, but it it gives you much more accurate analysis on sleep states. It's also testing your um, heart rate variability twenty four seven, skin temperature, and a few other and physical activity. So it's calculating it all for you, and that's all calculated in your morning readiness score, sleep quality, previous day activity 
the lowest heart rate you had during the night. And based on when that lowest heart rate measurement was, it tells you how, how well you recovered. So like I can look and if my, my lowest heart rate was 48 beats per minute and was early in the sleep cycle, that's an indicator of how recovered you are. So you just wake up in the morning and, and get this score and I'm just engineering my day around this dang score, but it's pretty awesome. So I'd say sleep data is number two. Um, I, I do find testing my ketones to be very valuable and, and there's different ways to do that. It just depends where I'm at in my routine. But the Keto Mojo is on the market now. It's like a buck a strip. Yeah, which, I just got it yesterday in the mail, as a matter of fact. Yeah, that, that just makes it so much more accessible and, and allows people to understand what it takes to get their body in ketosis. Some people tend to overvalue those numbers, so mm -hmm. you, you do to know how to interpret them. But that's making it affordable for people. So I, I want to get the Keto Mojo because I've had the Precision Extra and it's been expensive. That's another one. Um, and then you know, the body composition numbers are good. There's there's a level device, which you and I talked about on the phone, LEVL, mm -hmm. -E and that's doing extremely accurate uh, breath ketone analysis. Also expensive. Very. But but the breath, ac breath acetone is actually the only way to measure ketones burned. Yeah, I, I'd be interested to get your – have you been tracking that consistently? Are you, are you using like the, the ketonics or have you done much of that over time? Uh, I, I have a ketonics. I don't use it very often, to be honest with you. It just it just hasn't worked for me personally. We integrated it into Heads Up Health, and we actually have a lot of people who do depend on that device, mm -hmm. specifically. A lot of people with epilepsy and other diseases where they need it. So I know there are people that, that, that have a lot of good experiences. Um, I haven't, and we're just working to integrate the Level API now. And they're working on getting me a device for testing. I've only used it when I've seen them at conferences. I think you guys have one, don't you? Yeah, I've just recently got one. I've been playing around with it. I've noticed, um, like, for instance, I'm doing a higher protein experiment this month. Right. And my, my blood ketones have decreased. Um, my blood glucose has risen. But my uh, my level measurements have still stayed pretty pretty consistently high. Like today, I believe I measured, like, 15 uh, parts per million. Um, so what, uh, like, how would you interpret that data? Like, if you were to just analyze those results for me, what would you infer? Well, I think I don't have a lot of experience with the level measurements. Like I said, I've only done one or two. But I think this is all speculation at this point, Robert. But as you know, the, the, the readings you get from the blood ketone meter are, are circulating ketones. Mm -hmm. That doesn't necessarily mean they're being used or burned, correct? Right. And, and the, the breath measurements are, are an actual measurement of ketones being burned. And so what, what one thing that might be interesting is as you become more fat adapted over weeks and months, presumably you're starting to be able to use those ketones more efficiently. Mm -hmm. And there is evidence that people who have been in, in ketosis for long periods of time actually see less circulating I've noticed that with myself for sure. On the meter. What might be more interesting is if you're actually burning more. So that may be an, a good indicator of better fat adaptation as the level numbers are increasing, perhaps, and the blood, the blood markers are decreasing. That, that could be an, almost an index of, of ketone efficiency. I'm only speculating. There's way smarter people out there that, that can tell us if that's a sound theory or not. But, but that would certainly be one. And then obviously seeing the, the, the numbers on the level go up 
as your your fasting glucose numbers come down, uh, that correlation should be pretty straightforward. And then also, you'll probably learn a lot from this experiment you're doing now about how the different macro profiles are going to yeah. change. The, I think that will be really interesting. I'm definitely excited to see now that I'm mapping it all in your your software heads at Health, I'll be able to like look back at each one of these corresponding months and then graph out you know the correlation between you know the fat ratio versus the the level um, breath ketone ratio. So that that'll be I think that'll be really really good data to have. I'm excited to get these three months knocked out and see what happens. It's so exciting and so much you can learn. And 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 the great thing is that this technology is not very complicated. So. It's accessible pretty much to anyone. We, we have a lot of people on our system who are not biohackers. Mm-hmm. They're just middle-aged people with, with a chronic condition, and they get all their data set up, and they just crush it. It's, it's not that hard to really use a few numbers and manipulate a few numbers. And as long as you tell people, hey, you have condition X. These are the numbers you need to improve upon, and here's some lifestyle experiments that can improve upon those numbers. Mm-hmm. That's that's something that they can do, and you don't have to be a biohacker or or inclined to using data. You just have to be able to plot a few numbers and track your progress. And you can go get a prescription to move that number, or you can try a lifestyle intervention. You know, we're we're supporting people in whatever modality they choose. Right, right. What the, I'm assuming this is probably just because I, I'm just now started using it. But what is the insight feature? I guess it just kind of has recommendations. Yeah, that's still in development, but for example, that's where we'll automatically analyze the data for you. So instead of instead of Robert having to log in and look for a correlation between his carbohydrate intake and his level readings, we'll automatically be analyzing that data and we'll surface it for you automatically. So those will be developing over over the next weeks and months and years. It's uh, still an early in-development experimental type feature right now. There's not a lot going on in that section yet. But that's where the intelligence will come in. And uh, I was just speaking with with Brian Williamson, and we were talking about some work we did to analyze my ketone levels and how much much sleep I got. Because you may have noticed that as you get really deep, high ketone numbers, you don't need to sleep as much. Yeah, I have noticed that. So I ran the numbers, and I ran a year of ketone readings against the sleep data from my Fitbit. And, and sure enough, I found that once I got above 1.5 millimolars, I was sleeping less by, by a, a number we could reliably um, estimate. And that was just with my data. But if we could do that with 1,000 people and then start to figure out those mechanisms, and that connection was just delivered in your inbox, hey, Brian, we noticed that when you get above X, Y happens. That's the stuff that we that's that's the long term vision for what we're working on. And see that that's where it gets really exciting because I mean keto as a as a lifestyle is really hot right now, it's growing like wildfire, but there's not a whole lot of, of data that indicates what happens for people, you know, long term because there's not really there just hadn't really been recorded. But for people, you know, plugging this number, this data in now, you know, as this compounds ten, twenty, thirty years down the line, we'll really be able to see how this is a lifestyle impacts people's health you know, long term. That's what I'm excited about is, is being able to provide data that could be helpful to the scientific community because we're, we're one of the few places where we actually have the ketone readings with all the other measurements. Mm-hmm. So there's no other way you can connect this data except when we get it into our system. The, the Keto Mojo doesn't have a, a, a Bluetooth connection. The Abbott Precision Extra 
those readings aren't being stored anywhere except on that little device. So you can't correlate them with anything. Right. So I think that's where we can potentially add a lot of value down the road as we get more information into the system. Do you know if, if any of those, those uh, like, can you, uh, you know, sync your device up with your computer or anything and download that result? Do you know if they're set up like that? I'm not aware of it. I know that uh, Dorian wants to put that in the next version of the Keto Mojo, but I don't think it's in there today. Yeah. I've been trying to convince him to do a, um, a system where the readings get sent to uh, the cloud, mm -hmm. and he can have an open API. But um, I can't speculate on, on what his uh, timeline or roadmap is. That would be interesting data for sure. Because, I mean, with, with any kind of measurement, just a, just a, a single point in time is pretty useless information unless you you know, graphic consistently over longer periods of time. Sure it is. But, you know, for a lot of people, just seeing that number come up for the first time is, is so encouraging. Oh, it's yeah, absolutely. So I, I personally believe that, that just having the data can change people's behavior. Yeah. And just giving them the numbers. People say that behavior change requires all of these complex ways to understand human human behavior. I think that just giving people some good numbers can change behavior. I remember the first time I had data on how crappy my sleep was. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know. But I'm like, oh, man, I'm getting five and a half hours a night here. No wonder I feel like crap. Yeah. But I just had the numbers. You know, I would just go to bed and wake up and be a trooper and go to work. And, and then I got a couple weeks of data. I'm like, man, my sleep stinks. Mm -hmm. um, so just some simple stuff can actually make a huge, profound impact on, on the way we, uh, we live our lives. It's amazing how, like, visually seeing a trend line you know, yeah. it really motivates you as well. Like on all my clients, I'll give them a spreadsheet where they're able to track their metrics and there's kind of like a correlated uh, spreadsheet, you know, trend line there that indicates what direction they're moving. And, uh, you know, if you'll see it trending downwards, for instance, if their weight is to, uh, if their goal is to decrease body fat, you know, it's, it's, uh, they're much more motivated not to break that chain and kind of have like a, an outlying peak and cheat on their macros. So it's having that graph to look at is, is motivating in itself for sure. Yeah, data driven. That's what that's what we're all about. Is is just using these numbers, and they can be incredibly motivating, probably incredibly frustrating for some people as well. But that's where you probably need to go look at some other variables that you're missing that are that are causing your your lack of progress. For example, absolutely. Now, just out of curiosity, um, on a personal level, like what have you noticed uh, in tracking you know different data, data points over time for yourself? Like what uh, like what foods or what uh, probably less common things would, would you uh, have you noticed over time just in tracking? Well, if I go back a few years to when I first went through this exercise of actually putting all my blood tests into an Excel sheet, because they all came from different doctors, that that was, I think, the first things I learned were when I, when I was first working on my health, I went to a functional medicine doctor, and, and they, they have different philosophies around health than conventional. And um, the first thing I noticed was I had a subclinical thyroid problem, like millions of other people, that, that just got missed on the routine physical. Because the, the routine physical, he just ran the TSH number. And that, that, act, that number was actually uh, perfect. It was in range. But it was the functional test where they run T4, T3, free T4, free T3, thyroid antibodies. The full thyroid panel is where the, um, the issue occurred, and it was uh, – very high reverse T3 
and it was a T4 to T3 conversion problem, very commonly associated with um, insulin resistance. And it's not something the traditional labs will pick up. So that was the first thing. Quite honestly, Robert, I didn't know what the heck these numbers meant. I was just kind of ignorant, but the doctor was helping me understand this stuff. So that was the first thing where, where then he gave me a supplement protocol and, uh, and uh, got me onto a clean, clean eating template, paleo template, and we improved those numbers. So that was the first thing I found in my data. Uh, as I mentioned, just getting some sleep data helped me realize that I wasn't getting enough. That sounds super simple, but I just hadn't made the connection. You know, I was just a young guy and, and didn't really have a lot of awareness for that. Mm-hmm. So the sleep data just gave me an awareness that I didn't have before. And then learning my fasting blood sugar every morning and learning learning that learning data helped me figure out that it's actually blood sugar control that is most important in terms of weight loss and body composition for me, more than like how much exercise I do. So helping me understand the connections between food and blood sugar and body composition, that all came through data, for example. Those are some of my really biggest takeaways at this point, personally speaking. So with the with the glucose, because um, I, think, I think glucose is a really great test paper to run. It's super cheap and efficient compared to, you know, testing ketones. Granted, the, uh, the keto mojo is much cheaper, but I mean, you can get like 50 glucose strips for, you know, less than 20 bucks. So for any listeners that, you know, haven't used a glucometer before, what are some good, you know, general practices they can start incorporating with that, like, you know, fasting blood sugar, um, and then, you know, postprandial. Yeah, exactly. So what, what, uh, just kind of like in your own words, explain like what those numbers mean and kind of what you should be looking for and, and striving for there. Yeah. Okay. Well, fasting just means first thing you woke up, typically no food or drink for eight hours. I check it in the morning. And based on that number, I know how well I managed my macros the day before. And like if I did some really intense training and kept my macros in check, I know my fasting glucose is going to be way down. Once you check your fasting blood sugar for a couple couple months, you'll, you'll really start to figure out how that correlates with what you did the day before. So I think that's a good metric. The second one is, is what is called um, postprandial which simply means after you eat food. And um, one of the features in Heads Up Health is called the carb tolerance test, where, where you can go out and eat your favorite, favorite, favorite meal, right? Let, go to Denny's, eat the, eat the bacon and eggs. Uh, go to In-N-Out Burger and get two of their burgers with lettuce wraps and cheese and bacon. Test your blood sugar one hour, two hour, and three hours after you eat that food. And keep it low. Keep it under 120 all the time. And what does that mean? It just means you're not sending excess, creating excess glucose, which the bottom body ultimately has to store as fat. So testing after meals and learning how the low-carb, high-fat lifestyle keeps the sugar low but keeps you full. And when the sugar is low and insulin is low because there's less floating blood sugar, this is the, this is the magic to using this, this lifestyle to control weight. So if you eat some foods and you don't know how high your sugar goes, because it's all individualized. And the blog post I just wrote is based on a study out of Israel where they tracked 800 people. And you give two people the banana and they have completely opposite blood sugar responses. Mm-hmm. How do you know if you should eat the banana or not? You have to test it. The, the post on the blog showed one guy's glucose went up and one guy's glucose went down from the banana. 
It's so crazy. unless you test a banana, you, the, you have no idea. And, and what about your favorite restaurant meals and the favorite meals you cook at home? Once you get that stuff dialed in, you're, you're, you're now like moving towards metabolic mastery. And that's just a $20 glucometer from friggin' Walgreens. Yeah. That's all you need. And it's, it becomes like addicting. It's actually really fun to see, you know, how things are correlated. Like I took my uh, meter home uh, this past weekend. I went home to see the family. And my brother's not keto, so he, uh, I had him test, and he was like 88 blood glucose, and he ate like six of those little Snickers fun size bars, you know? Huh. And like 30 minutes later, it jumped up to like 135 or something crazy. Um, yeah, that's not bad, actually, from Snickers. I'm sure other people would see it go way higher. It all depends on how much we, we, we effed up our metabolism pre- mm-hmm. previous point. Sounds like he's still doing pretty good. Yeah, I mean, he's he's crazy. He, he's, his diet consists of gummy worms and Snickers bars. It's a... It's, uh, Definitely not a ketogenic lifestyle. I need to no. keep cracking down on him, but I don't know if he's ever going to change. Yeah. Um, so, so what, yeah, I think that's important, Robert. Maybe you can share if you do any postprandial food experiments. And, and I, I think that's like the glucose is, is really important. A lot of people don't like to prick their finger, admittedly. It's kind of uncomfortable at first, and you, you need a drop of blood. And Some people just get freaked out by that. Um, yeah. That's fortunate. But I know that companies like um, Dexcom, which makes the continuous glucose monitors, they're partnering with Fitbit. So there'll be non-invasive devices on the market soon that are just going to automatically test your sugar every five minutes. Apple's working on one. Google's working on one. So it's going to become passively collected in the very near future, and that's going to be totally awesome. Yeah, I would love love to do that because I think you know having it automatic like that, especially like as you're sleeping, you know, as you're training – so many variables at play. For sure. You could see like what it spikes to when you're training. Like I know after really extreme exercise, my sugar gets jacked up for two hours. Mm-hmm. It goes way up and then it comes down. And once it comes down, that's when the ketones start to soar yeah. right about two hours after. So if this thing is measuring sugar every five minutes, you can correlate it with stress and with training and with sleep and with food. That I think is going to be really important. For people to understand how our society really is not engineered to support healthy blood sugar. It's not. Yeah, not at all. And and we can help people make those connections easier without having to prick their finger all the time. Yep, I completely agree. It's, uh, I mean, basically just having something to point to, whether it be like the data, the trend line, anything, you know, just having that data. Because if, if you have an argument that you're trying to make, but you have nothing to back it up, then you don't have, you know, you don't think to stand on. But if you have that data that's available in Heads Up Health, you can kind of point to something tangible to uh, yep. strengthen your argument the thud factor right yeah just exactly slap papers down on the desk boom here's the data you know yeah. anyone who questions your lifestyle right you can just say well you know here's my lipid panel numbers they're perfect you know, what do yours look like guaranteed you know the triglycerides are jacked out of control and the ldl numbers are out of whack and the body fat and bmi numbers are off the charts so you know i Anyone who criticizes the way I live my life, I just go look at my numbers and I'm like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, just, that's, that's exactly I'm- exactly right, man. Like I would have people, you know, especially when I first started the diet and they'd, they'd see how much fat I was consuming. They were they were telling me, you know, you're going to kill yourself. You're going to give yourself a heart attack. You know, you're yeah. blocking all your arteries. And then I'd go get a blood panel test done and their numbers were, or my numbers were significantly better than theirs. So it's like, I'm going to go off of how I look, feel, and perform and I'm doing better than I've ever done before. So I'm going to keep this up <laughs> and, and also there's 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 so much variance in terms of even within keto because everybody's body 
responds differently. Mm-hmm. I'm 41 years old. The choices I made from zero to 41 affect how I need to implement keto. And so if you already have a metabolic disease, if you don't have a metabolic disease, you know, if you never drank like a, like a crazy man in your 20s, these all things affect how you need to implement keto and how you need to personalize it for yourself. Mm-hmm. And you can get into endless debates about how to do stuff. But at the end of the day, you just have to track it and find what works for you. And that's how you cut through all the noise out there. You can get good information online and go implement it. And then you have to personalize it for yourself. And that's, I think, where the data comes in. Whether you're just using it to lose a few pounds or to compete or to manage a disease, whatever, you you, you do have to personalize it. I agree completely. And, I mean, to kind of illustrate that, like right now with this experiment that Danny and I are doing with the much higher protein, I would never recommend that for somebody that's just starting the diet. I mean, we've been in ketosis for so long now that our bodies are efficient at using fat as a fuel source, so we're able to kind of, you know, skate the edge a little bit more, you know, harmlessly than some of us just now starting the diet for the first time. Like, that high protein right off the bat would probably prohibit them from getting into ketosis near as quickly. Sure, yep. Yeah, so there's lots of individual variants out there, and, and just learning how to dial it in for yourself. First of all, it'll save you a lot of headaches and a lot of stress, and you'll just You'll be able to take comfort in the numbers and know that, okay, this is now working. I can see this, the numbers moving in the direction that I want. And whether you're working on an autoimmune disease or, or ketogenic for performance, it's all just getting those numbers where you want them at the end of the day. And Absolutely. that's part of what built our system. It just so happens that most people using it are on keto, but you can use it for anything. It's just what numbers do I need to influence to get me to my health goals and how do I track that stuff? Yeah, and and one quick thing that that I just noticed, uh, you made me. There's there's a couple different levels or tiers, I guess, on Heads Up Health. But basically, I've got that practitioner portal now, which is pretty yeah. cool for for me being a coach. Is basically like I can send an invitation to clients, or they yes. can request an invitation, and then I can pull up their data and be able to look, you know, in a moment's time, what their trend lines are looking like, just simply with having that access. So, yeah, absolutely. That's that's why I built it. Because if if I was a coach, I'm not. What I would want to be looking at is is my clients' uh, macros, my clients' blood sugar readings, my clients' sleep data. If you're getting, if you're going to bed at two in the morning and getting up at six, I can't help you. Nobody can. So that's all controlling hunger hormones and, and stuff like that. So I would want to look at this data if I was a coach. So that's why we built that that portal. It still has a long way to go. It's 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 really basic, as you noted. But I want to keep building that out and, and be able to give you, as the coach, the data you need to help your clients. What's well, I mean, the it went live. When, when did it go live? The portal, the coach portal, or, or heads up in general? Heads up in general. Uh, you know, we opened it up like maybe eighteen months ago, and so we haven't really necessarily done a lot of advertising. So a lot of people may not have heard of it, but it's been out there for maybe eighteen months now. Yeah, and so, I mean, it's just on the infancy phase. Phase it's going to get better and better as as you go. Like anything, yeah, you just keep working on it. You keep listening to your users. They tell you what to build next, and you go build it. So now I'm I'm about to take this conversation to a whole other geeky level here because I feel like you and I can talk about this. I don't know if the audience will get anything from it or not, but if they can continue yeah. listening, more power to them. Yeah. yeah, it's all Ruby on Rails, right? That's correct. Yeah. So the whole app is is a Rails application, which is just a wonderful framework to, to program in. And um, we we've probably got like 
I don't know, 20,000 sources that can be connected to Heads Up Health, mostly doctor's offices, right. but on the devices, apps, and then most of our users just enter a lot of the data manually, ketones, weight, blood sugar. So it's set up that you can you can do it any way you want. It's all running in Amazon AWS, which is beautiful because they they have all of the best encryption technologies available to us out of the box. And all of the encryption for like HIPAA compliance and stuff like that, it's it's all just included in AWS. So that lets us get to market real quick. And uh, you know, pretty standard, you know, SQL relational database, Postgres, and uh, you know, standard Bootstrap stuff on the front end, jQuery, JavaScript. That's the stack basically. Now, how did you how did you uh, how did you just wake up one day and, and start learning how to code, or how how did that happen? Yeah, <laughs> well, <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah, you know they have these these intense three month coding boot camps that you can do now, and uh, so I just signed up for one here in San Francisco. You, you're basically coding for fifteen hours a day for three months straight, and I I wrote the prototype myself in Rails, and it worked. It it could electronically connect to the University of California at San Francisco, which is right next to my house where my medical records are. And it made an electronic connection and pulled out my medical records. And then it connected to Fitbit and pulled out my Fitbit data. And then I could enter any readings I wanted manually. So I said, if I can do those three things, that's what people really need, I think, in my opinion, to manage their health. Give me my medical records, integrate the data I'm collecting at home, I'm good. So then I basically said, okay, this is pretty good. I want to keep working on this. And um, my... Uh, my friend Jack, he is a really strong uh, product manager, so he came and helped me build it out, and we uh, we hired a couple developers and, and knocked it out. That's freaking awesome, man! So if if somebody was to, I don't know, like if somebody was to just develop a, a web app, I mean, what what uh, recommendations would you would you give? I would definitely use use a simple framework like Ruby on Rails that just lets you get up and running really quickly, and. I'll tell you how I did it, having no experience in this whatsoever. I, I wrote down on some pieces of paper what I wanted the screens to look like, like hand-drawn sketches. And then I went on to one of the uh, freelancer sites, and I hired a designer. Turns out this designer was in Prague in the Czech Republic. And we went back and forth for three months. He took my, my hand-drawn pieces of paper and turned them into beautiful user interfaces exactly the way I'd want it to look, all the buttons, the colors, the writing. It took like three months of back and forth. And then I just got someone to basically um, take those designs, they were Photoshop files, and um, turn that into code, HTML, CSS code, and then build the uh, Rails backend to support all that functionality. And that's, that's how I did it. It's so easy to find people online now that can do that stuff for you. You just have to be crazy enough to to go for it. Yeah, I've got a like part of me always wants to do the work myself, where I probably should outsource some of this stuff because I mean, I want to be able to know how it all works and and be efficient in, in fixing anything if I need to it as it pops up. But like like my website ketosavage dot com, like I've built that all through WordPress, but I want to just totally revamp it and redo it, you know, at the turn of the the year here, and I don't even know. Hello. It looks great. Nice work on that. Oh, appreciate it. Yeah, that was like I, I didn't know how to do any of that stuff, and I just woke up one day to the same thing you did. But uh, yeah. it's it's good because I know, you know, I can fix anything on there. But I would like to 
ramp it up and, and just make it look that much more professional. So I want to get an app eventually, like a phone app, where I can where I could plug in like a macro calculator and make that more, you know, uh, streamlined, user-friendly on a mobile device. Um, yep. Do you have any recommendations as far as, you know, any kind of mobile phone uh, app development? Again, there's 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 technologies out there that that make it pretty um, pretty, pretty simple. There's, there's frameworks like um, like React, where you can just write it in 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 one language, and it will automatically run on the iOS and the Android, so that you don't have to write into those specific languages separately and maintain two code bases. So there's frameworks where you can just write it in very simple um, technology, like Angular, for example. And then it'll run on on either uh, platform. So I definitely recommend doing it that way. And that's called doing React. I'm taking notes here. Yeah, is one. I think there's another one called um, Ionic. Again, you write it once and it'll run anywhere, kind of thing for mobile. And they just use standard off-the-shelf um, technologies. So that's probably the way we're going to go with Heads Up Health. And like I said, you could go online, get your screens designed from a contractor who's a beautiful designer and then find it find a developer a react to build it for you and, and, and punch it out into the app store it's it's uh you know it, that, that's the way i do it it's crazy to me like there's so there's a bunch of barriers to entry i guess in like doing what we're doing but at the same time like if you just have the commitment and the the discipline to just keep plugging away day after day i mean it happens and here we are like podcasting now it's 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 the coolest thing ever you know it's the long game thinking you know, one guy said it to me best. He said, you know, you really need to be in love with the problem you're solving. Mm-hmm. If, you're in love with the, if you're in love with the problem, you're going to go to any lengths to get that done and to get and to see your baby come to life. Yeah. I love the problem, and it's, yeah, this is kind of interesting. You're, you're probably going to give up when things get really, really gritty and tough. So you obviously are incredibly passionate and love what you're doing, and, and you'll see through your show and your website and your coaching program. Same for me. You know, I live and breathe this, and if I wasn't building heads up, I'd be biohacking myself anyhow. So now I just get to turn it into something, and, and I, I genuinely love the problem of helping people get the data they need to master their health. That's just, yeah. So I think that's part of it. As much as being resourceful, it's, it's really being in love with what you're trying to do and, and, and the commitment therein. I couldn't agree more. I bet there was some several times though when you were learning to code Ruby or something, you just spend five hours looking at that snippet of code and just get say a bad word or two. <laughs> and and then you go you go take a shower or go for a run and you come back to the computer and ping, there's the answer right yep, there. Yep, exactly. You know how the mind works as well. Yeah. When to when to break. It's crazy. Well we could yeah. probably keep talking about coding all day long, but I don't know if that's really uh <laughs> what my audience is is uh, catered to who well, knows maybe I bet a lot of people out there are passionate about this lifestyle and have ideas for products and services and websites that they would like to use as their creative outlet if, and, and even just sharing a simple blog yeah. you know and I think what we talked about here hopefully inspires some people if you don't know how to do it go on Upwork go on Fiverr go on some of the freelancer sites and get somebody to help you build a WordPress site and, and share your passion and your voice so yeah absolutely I think I think one thing that resonates I mean, you can literally make your passion, your lifestyle, and your business and, and support you. I mean, who would have ever thought that? I mean, like, I train as a bodybuilder, I eat, and now I'm documenting it, and it's able to support me. Like, how cool is that? And the same with you, you know? It's, it's 
I wouldn't want to live any other way. It's not easy to get there, and, and that's certainly not accessible for all people. But if you can do it, man, you, yep. you're winning. You're winning. Amen to that. Amen yeah. to that. Um, yeah. Well, Dave, I don't want to keep too long. I know you're a busy man, um, but we'll have to do this again. And, and again, cool thing about Heads Up Health is that you're so open-minded to any other ideas or benefits that could be linked to the to the software. So I'm sure I'll uh, think of some more things as I do these N equal 1 experiments and shoot an email to you. That sounds great. Once you get some data in there and go through some experiments and, and we start bringing out some new, new cool stuff, I'd love to connect. I know you and I are working on some stuff now to get your profile set up, so we're going to be communicating quite a bit over the next little while, and uh, I'm looking forward to that. And uh, It's been a great conversation. I really enjoyed it. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Where, where can people go to, to find out more about you in the program? Sure, yeah. Well, the website's headsuphealth.com, and you can you can connect to us on our on our different uh, sites, social media sites there. And my personal mail is uh, dave at headsuphealth.com, and I'm accessible for anybody if they got questions or ideas or anything like that. So uh, just hit me up. Perfect, perfect. Well, David, pleasure, man. I love it, and uh, we'll be in touch for sure. Yeah, sounds great. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Take care. <laughs>